0: From her family when she got married was a a headdress comprised of 10 silver coins, each worth about a day's wage. Have you seen pictures of of things like this? They're common still today in in some Middle Eastern cultures, common still today in some South Asian cultures, uh, but it's almost like a little circlet with these 10 dangly uh, coins on the front. Um, And they're very valuable and very precious, not only because they're costly, but because it was something that would have come from your father Uh, It was the cultural equivalent of a wedding ring. So in Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells a story about a woman who has ten silver coins and then loses one. And at first we think, well, what could be such a big deal about losing a silver coin? I mean, maybe it was worth a little bit of money. No, 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 it wasn't just the money. It was the sentiment. And this is something very, very precious to her. Now, in that world at that time, homes were built largely out of of thatch, and they had one window for the entire home. You know, one big room with one window approximately 18 inches in diameter. So you gotta understand, this this is a dark room. And the floors are made of thatch and straw." Now, I don't know how accustomed you are to losing things, but generally, if I lose things, I lose them on tile floors, or carpet floors, or asphalt. Losing a coin in the midst of a thatch floor with no light to find it by is is hopeless. This woman, looking, lighting a lamp, and sweeping the floor. And when she finds the coin, anybody remember what she does? She rejoices. She rejoices. Let's read it here, Luke chapter 15, so you get all the local color. What woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she's found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I lost." Just so, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner that repents. What do you think the point of this story is? It's to teach us about joy. To teach us about, about joy. Whose joy? God's joy. About what? About you and me. About you and me. Because it comes in context of a discussion between the religious leaders of the day and Jesus. And they're, they're criticizing Jesus. They say, look at this man. He eats with sinners. Now, if you lose a coin, you, you do that on purpose? Hmm. You know, I always preach better when you're here. I don't know the, the quality of my preaching is any but I just feel better about myself when you're here. If a child gets lost in a shopping center, is it a sin? If you get lost driving, your GPS dies, you run out of gas in the middle of the woods, is it a sin? Yeah, it's, it's really a, a, a confusing set of stories that Jesus tells in response to the Pharisees. Because they're saying, look at him. He's out there with the sinners. And Jesus is saying, sinners? They're lost. Why do you put the emphasis on their sin when we ought to be putting the emphasis on the joy of them being found? Now, that's a, a, a trip, right? Because Jesus is telling us something about the character and nature of God. Like, for, for most of my life, e- even now, I mean, if I'm honest, when I, when I just think about God, I think that God is, you know, sir, mo- mostly ticked off at everybody. And then when we, you know, repent and get our lives sorted out, he's like, well, all right, well, hey, about time, you know? Glad you sort of figured it out, you know. <laughs> In this way, God is like my older brother, Jeff, you know. Good job, and I'm not so happy. I mean, that's sort of how I imagine God responding to most of my prayers. But what if God is different than that? What if God, like, what if he rejoices? Now, this parable is nested between two others. After this parable is the parable of the prodigal son, which we know is a story about a son sowing his wild oats, both literally and figuratively, then returning home, and the father seeing him a long way off and bursting with joy and throwing a feast to celebrate the return of the son. But prior to this parable of the lost coin and then the parable of the prodigal son is the story of the good shepherd who loses one of a hundred sheep and he leaves the 99 to go find the one lost sheep. Now, who's a good shepherd? No, he's the worst business owner in the history of economy. <laughs> uh, the good shepherd is Jesus. He goes looking for the one sheep. Now, sheep wander off. And again, this, this is a conversation about sin. Had with the Pharisees who are, you know, in charge of sin. And so this, this one sinful sheep, is that what Jesus is suggesting? This one sheep wanders off, and the good shepherd goes to find it. What do you think happens to the other 99 sheep when the shepherd leaves? They wander off, too, because sheep are dumb. And yet, this peculiarly good shepherd seems totally unconcerned about the fact that he's going to spend the rest of his life reclaiming lost sheep. Because he finds his joy in reclaiming that which has been lost. This is in sharp contrast to those who find their joy in pointing out that one wandered away. And Jesus is not interested in sort of making his messianic feature with the 99 who have unstrayed. In fact, in verse 7, Jesus even says, He has more joy. The good shepherd has more joy over the one sheep who has been lost and now found than, get this, than the 99 who have no need to repent. I just for a moment want you to imagine that Jesus is going to say that sentence just like I would. That God has more joy over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous who have no need. Can't you just see him winking at the Pharisees? Clearly, you have no need to repent. (laughs) Clearly, you you got it all figured out. How fortunate are we that you get to be in charge? I mean, it's just, I love, he's so fun. He's such a good Jesus. (laughs) What does this tell us about God? That God finds those who are lost. And that the great, Wealth of emotion that God experiences is joy. And now Jesus, in all three of these parables, talks about the Father and the angels rejoicing in heaven. And any time the Bible talks about what happens in heaven, we know what the Bible is also saying is, if that's how it goes there, that ought to be how it goes here. As above, so below. They got it right up there. We'd like to get it right down here. Lost things ought to be found. Precious things ought to be reclaimed. And all these parables follow a pattern of losing, of searching, of finding, and then of rejoicing. 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 That's why we often here talk about the fact that the kingdom of God is comprised of love and friendship. We get together and we celebrate the fact that we've been found. Now you probably feel like there's some things that you've lost. I mean, you might feel lost. You might relate to the sheep that wandered off. You might think, you know, I'd I'd really like Jesus to find me. He he has. He is. You might feel like the lost coin, something precious that's been discarded. And you wonder if God is searching for you. He is. This is proof positive. But you might also feel like you've lost something. Like maybe you feel like you lost your faith. Certainly, many commentators on this passage of the Bible see this as it being about faith. What happens when you lose your faith? What happens when you lose your way? What happens when you're full of doubt? I mean, what are you supposed to do when you're not sure about God, what God's like, who God is, how God works? You're not sure you can trust the scripture. You're not sure you can trust the church. You're not sure you got any Christians that you know that you like. What are you actually supposed to do when you're not sure what you believe? And your coin has been lost. Well, first and foremost, you you ought to care. We all go through seasons of doubt. God knows I've had my share and usually what happens when I start feeling all the questions come in, I, I go, I wonder if I should even care about this. Like, should I be worried that I got all these questions? Does it even matter? Yeah, it matters. It matters a great deal. It matters to you. It matters to the people that love you. So, yeah, you should care. Now, I realize somebody telling you you should care does not actually make you care. Um. But if you, like me, sometimes have that interior debate, there's my two cents. If you wonder if you should care, yeah. You know, in general, care about a lot of stuff. And then what should you do? Well, then you should, you should relentlessly and aggressively look for your lost coin. Now, if what you lost is your faith, you should look for your faith. You should search for answers. Now, this lady, when she lost the coin out of her headdress and it's in the thatch floor and it's dark, she has no actual hope of finding it. But she looks anyway. You might think that there's no hope. You should look anyway. You might think there's no hope um, for your marriage. You should look anyway. You might think that there's no hope for your sense of confidence and self-worth, your, your identity, the real you. You should look anyway. You should look anyway. You should sweep the floors. And you should be guided by the light. It's interesting, right, that the lady, I mean, she, she lights a lamp In Jesus story now it's it's just a parable right he made it up so he's in charge of what details go in and what details do not go into the story so Jesus deliberately reminds us that the only way this lady finds her lost coin is with the light and Jesus who repeatedly referred to himself as the light of the world the light shines in the darkness and a lot of times we try and fix stuff in the dark a lot of times we try and fix stuff without perspective without prayer without hope without faith we just kind of think well we just we just give it the old college try look i've been to college you don't really try much yeah no if you're going to if you're going to find that which you've lost. You're going to need light. And perhaps the thing that's most motivating about the story is the promise at the end of the party. All of Jesus' kingdom stories have, at the end, a party. I mean, he, he loved a good time. That's part of what got him in trouble in the first place. He's out there gathering, celebrating, rejoicing, loving. And the people who don't gather Who don't love, who don't celebrate, who don't rejoice. The people who are focused on the fact that the righteous have no need to repent. Well, Jesus doesn't make any sense to them at all. But I think you and I have had enough of joyless living. I think you and I have had enough of religion that reminds us how bad we are and how good they are and how we're not really up to snuff. I think you and I have had enough of people replacing Jesus with something else. And I think you and I, we're here because he's the author and finisher of our faith. I think we're here because he's the beginning, the end. He's the substance and source of our salvation, of our hope, of our future, of our promise. And so when we lose something... Whether it's our faith, whether it's our sense of worth or purpose or calling. When we lose something, not only do we have confidence that if we look by the light of God, we're going to find it, but we live in anticipation of the party at the end. Because when you get back what you lost, you get to call us all together and rejoice like God does. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to participate in the sacrament of communion. And I like that today this looks a lot like a coin. And I don't want to put too fine a point on it. I just I just think that's a nice way to remember. That God is in the business of finding us. And we are in the business of being found. And so when you come to the table, my friends and I will extend the cup that represents the life of Christ to you. And you'll place the wafer in the cup and you receive the grace of our Lord because what's lost has now been found. Amen? Let me pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that you search after us always. If we stray, you follow. If we go, you go. Again and again and again, you find us, you celebrate us, you love us, you claim us, and we need that over and over again. So Lord, we receive you, your love, your hallmark, and God, we ask that you would increasingly make us like you so that we too join you in the business of finding those who are lost, gathering up and celebrating. You're good. And we want to be good with you. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, you come as we sing.